Greetings, fellow Wordlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave, seeking the truth and exposing the lies. I'm your host, Dave Smith. All right, let's get into it. In this episode, I am joined by my friend Dub from the Stereo app. Dub is an audio producer and a deep thinker. We go deep down the rabbit hole of this stream of consciousness in this conversation. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so uh, should we dig into that article a little bit? Yeah, I think you might be interested in that. And, uh, um, you know, it makes you wonder kind of obviously what is algorithmically being uh, listened to. But at some point, you got to throw caution to the wind and say, maybe there's a reason why you're so confused, right? And and it's not as though <clears throat> we can lay claim to having all of the information at our disposal. But after a while, you can suss out, you know, enough threads to say it paints a picture that seems a lot more plausible than anything I've heard to date. And, and it has to and do it with tales with things I've heard, you know, because we've heard about, you know, these anti-Semitic tropes and we've talked about the East versus West and, you know, the Abrahamic traditions and how they're all uh, pitted against one another. But it's, it's just follow the money first and foremost. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. But then, you know, I think it's time to expose these things. And one of the more nefarious aspects of the power structure, as far as I can tell, is a part of their um, methodology is that they put it all right out there in the open. And that's how they get away with it. Right. Like it's I've heard people... Field allude to the fact that it might be, you know, Luciferianism or whatever, and that there's some unwritten rule that you need to broadcast your intentions. And I don't know if there's any truth to that. And so it, it kind of comes to a place where it transcends opinion, you know, at some point when, you know, I don't want to be vague or, you know, or uh, generalize too much here and shout out to X-Ray and TT for coming on in. Um, but there's a lot to unpack, you know, and I've been, you know, kind of circling the wagons on this for a long time and because it's just never really sat right with me to kind of just put it as, you know, Christians against Judaism or, um, uh, you know, the, the Arabs against, you know, da, 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 da. It just seems really lazy, it really seems like a little too convenient, but, but having said that, it feels as though this is existential and I don't say that in a, in a fear-based way. It's, it's, it's the structure of the way things have been. And what I've come to see is first and foremost, I've never really, how do I put this? I've never really subscribed to the quote unquote alien thing. It's just never really resonated because I always felt it was a little closer to home. And I think I might be onto something with that. And I've well, given you the information there and I know you haven't had a chance to really go through that, 
I just kind of skimmed through it, but break down your theory for me. Cause, um, well, here's what my theory is. Because I, I believe so, both. So you, I believe that we are a crossbreed, well, but that, that our relatives are still out there somewhere. I think <laughs> I think it's explainable. I think it's the calls coming from within the house. And what I mean is, you've heard the term, and I've probably even used it with you before, the blue blood central banking mm-hmm. aristocracy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, blue blood is for real. And that's not just some, like, uh, cute terminology. Uh, what I mean is I'll go, I'll just unpack it bit by bit so that I'm not vague and lose anybody. Um, at one point, you know, we're homo sapiens. At one point they, they estimate that there was 14 different substrates of homo slash whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a compelling evidence that we're not the last species that remains we although we have convinced ourselves that we are there's uh, a strain called the homo capensis and they're here and if you want to start looking you know you can start looking under the vatican but that's just right. jumping point they have elongated skulls with greater volume larger brains they have the highest iq 180 on average they do not have creativity or empathy, but they are related to mathematics, numerology, and finance. They have copper-based blood. They're RH-negative, blue blood lineage. They have a European base with 48% ferro lineage. They're emotionally negative. They are unhappy and kill each other. They are slavers. They are depths of religious rituals and human sacrifices, slaves of the lower dimensions. So... That speaks to, you know, when we see the optics of the world, we see the Pope come out and wave his hand and go on his merry way, right? And whoever that is. Mm-hmm. But we do know about the Black Pope. And this is all verifiable. I mean, anybody can do a, a basic Google search and, and look for this. And the ver- and the Black Pope is w- the one that is like... Standing behind him, usually. Standing behind him, and he's the one that actually calls the shots with all of the archbishops and whatnot. He's the one that actually executes the business. He's the consigliere. Right. But. Yeah, I learned learned about the black pope about uh, 20 years ago. He's the consigliere because he's answering to somebody else. And that's the gray pope. And the gray pope is the head of the the Orsini family. This I just learned about within the last two weeks about the gray pope and i wouldn't i wouldn't shame anybody for not believing a word of this but every bit of it's true and verifiable um yeah and the orsini family are to the rothschilds what you and i what the rothschilds are to you and i right so they are but they're actually kind of a substrate of that Uh, the rothschilds and rockefellers are they, they spawn off of that the orsini if you looked at the power structure of the planet they're at the top right and, they are the puppet masters and so if you look at let's look at this like who's the largest property owner in the planet catholic vatican. church yes yeah vatican. but who who operates that who calls the shots there there's got to the buck stops somewhere the gray pope right and so when we talk about you know the richest man in the world and elon musk and all that it's it's beyond laughable 
right. mean, we're talking to the tunes of trillions and trillions and trillions of debt to the point like who cares anymore that isn't even relevant yeah you know yeah and and they elon have musk is just a, elon musk is just like the puppet that they parade out in front of us to entertain us and so this has been the power structure for well let's just go back even three four hundred years which defies most of our imaginations you know we can't even get the story straight about 9 11 that was 20 years ago now go back <laughs> go back 400 years right right and and so what's happening is it's a numbers game so they're not really us so yeah i'll buy that as far as being an alien in that way but it's not like they're in a spaceship coming from mars or some different version of us it's they coexist amongst us and they kind of look like us but they're not and they use right. the jewish and people like that as a smoke screen and that's right. why because that's never really where the story ends but once you get to that right. point they've got it's your controlled opposition at that point mm-hmm. and here's the other problem even when you saw out this information what kind of leverage do you have to do anything with that? You know, sure. there's like Chris Rock said, there's a difference between rich and wealthy. Yeah. And yeah. what I suspect with this is for the first time in, let's just throw out four or 500 years, there's a threat to that power structure. And that's coming from the East. And so if you look at the power structure and the, you know how people have a conceptualization of the Illuminati here? Yeah. It's kind of this vague notion of some, you know, a cabal of power brokers that, you know, mix and match and trade nation states like they're playing poker, which is kind of, um, but it's really just legacy families doing business and ensuring that nepotism reigns supreme and their children and their children and their children keep doing it because when you look at bloodlines and lineage that's everything to them you know it's like obama was the sixth cousin of george w bush right and then hillary is a distant relative of the former queen of england and it goes back to the queen of england and goes back and then when we go under the under the throne you've got the bank of london and the bank of london Mm -hmm is where commerce is done for the Vatican. And so Israel is really critical to the world because irrespective of if you believe it or not, there's billions of people that buy into different versions of the Abrahamic traditions, right? Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a non-believer, there's billions of people that are. Mm-hmm. Um, but as with most things, that can be corrupted too, right? And that can be used as a, as a mechanism um, in misdirects. And that's not to cast any aspersions on those faiths. It's just saying that there's plenty of bad faith actors behind the scenes that can kick up enough dust that keeps you confused. Because even when you have these conversations about Israel and things like that, don't you hit the wall pretty quick? Because... It, there's no reason that that these things would be done in an illogical way, but they're playing yeah. like five chess, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, they're playing five moves ahead. And they're five moves ahead. And so if you consent to adhere to the paradigm they set forth, you're never going to understand. So if nothing else, you have to be willing to say, what if, maybe, remain open to the fact that perhaps there's some other variables. And even saying what I've said, you know as well as I do, there's 10 other pieces of the puzzle that we've yet to put together, right? But if you're boiling it down into simple, digestible ways of understanding it, I've come to the conclusion that it's infighting from within those higher power structures and also they're privy to information that we're not as far as maybe what remaining resources what we have uh, maybe a a meteor maybe things of that nature so there's a timeline and then also the rise of the east and the enemy of my enemy is my friend so you have india you have china you have russia who and they might not be allies necessarily but they have shared objectives and so, right, and they're not buying into this one-world government objective. No. So there's the globalist thing, which is basically they're the henchmen of this power structure, right? And, but do you think that Xi is the only power player in China? I mean, no. or, is he, no. or is he the charismatic guy that goes out and reads his lines? Exactly. He's the sacrificial lamb that can that can <laughs> that can be taken out by a bullet and not stop the machine from operating, just like Joe Biden is that for us. Like our, our presidents don't don't really make any decisions that they're not allowed or told to make. And so what I don't think they anticipated was just the extreme acceleration of China. You know, in the last thirty odd years going from an agrarian society where over 85% of the populace was literally right, rice farmers, literally. Right. To the script being flipped and building what? A hundred ghost cities with 10 million or more and nobody living in it just so their, their machine, it is, it's this weird anarcho-zombie capitalism-communism hybrid thing. Yeah. And because of that, the consumption was through the, the roof. Truth unfathomable and and because of that that's why you saw china basically take over the continent of africa Mm -hmm. as far as all of their resources and all of their proxy wars and all of their puppet you know governments and all of their straw men and red you know red herrings and so on and so forth i mean go and look at it go and look at the gdp of chad of the congo of rwanda of mauritania of uh, Bravolta of uh, all of them. It's it's basically all divvied up amongst you know China, U.S., uh, France, Spain, Germany, and so basically it's a mad dash for the remaining resources and leveraging of that because coupled with that we have in excess at last count, if this is to be believed, what over eight point two billion people on the planet, mm-hmm. consuming like there's no tomorrow. And yeah. it's, it's it's purely unsustainable. I mean, they've been talking these things about peak oil and whatnot for how long? So anyway, it's a confluence of a lot of different things. And there's one thing that we won't tolerate in this day and age is complexity. No, no, no. Give us a sound bite. 
And it's really interesting with with Africa, China's playing the long game there as, as opposed to, you know, the UK, UK, Germany, uh, Holland and the US have just been trying to extract what we can from Africa. And China's going about it with a different a different approach. They're playing the long game. They're building infrastructure, ports, railroads, but not just altruistically. It, yes, it helps Africa, but it also gives them easier access to the resources. And this is very much happening, you know, right now. Yeah. You know? And so, like, from a historical perspective, this is unprecedented as far as... Unprecedented. China is basically the greatest success story in, you know, recent history. And we're the we're the snotty nosed kid on the playground with a bloody nose, like flailing our arms. We've been around for less than two hundred and fifty years. China right. has been investing in themselves and and look, taking the long view, and it is kind of an existential battle for East versus West. If we want to reduce it down to the most common terms, I mean. And go and look at what happened in Ukraine. You know, if you were to ask the garden variety person what that's about, you're going to get bah, 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 bah. well. While that's going on, what is China doing? They're having discussions with Saudi Arabia for what? So the yuan becomes the currency for what? So that they can end up leveraging against Taiwan. Why does right. that matter? What you guys were talking about the microchips. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a little bit bigger than just our computers. I mean, people got to understand, you know, our power grid goes down. We're back in the dark ages real quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Any semblance of civility, you know what I'm saying? And that's not a every vehicle. So it's not just computers. We're heading into a critical mass type period. So it's like, you know, that couples with a lot of the conversations I find myself having with some of my associates and compadres and, and, and friends and, and whatnot is so um you know, when, let me bring let me bring people up that. to go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no but i was just gonna say let me bring people up to up, up to speed on uh this article you sent me because this is fascinating this is from mru and the title is homo capensis a species that lives Hidden among humanity, Homo capensis presumed hominid with a large brain and an IQ of 180. It would have maintained a world hegemony since ancient times. Researchers like Dr. Edward Spencer have exposed archaeological evidence of these hominids with elongated skulls from around the world, evidence from 50,000 years ago in South Africa, and even people like Akehantan, Akehantan. Uh, of Egyptian, the Egyptian pharaoh, many believe that they still live hidden among us in the Vatican, and that uh, that they handle world politics, and that they could be alien-human hybrids. Um, the Homo capensis, its characteristics, and its conspiracy. A major whistleblower who's tried to expose this is Karen Hoods, a former World Bank advisor, based on his experience. And what he has researched, these non-human creatures have controlled the world since ancient times. According to Dr. Spencer, the high cabal is made up of bankers and homo capensis society. Edward Spencer has concluded that these beings with elongated skulls are concentrated in the Vatican, dominating the power of the Catholic Church. 
the center of the Illuminati state, religion and banking would dominate. Money would have been the greatest invention of slavery for humanity among its features are an elongated skull with greater volume and larger brains, higher EQ. They do not have creativity or empathy, but they are related to um, mathematics, numerology, and finance, copper-based blood, RH negative, quote-unquote, blue blood lineage. They have a European base in Switzerland with 48% pharaonic lineage, uh, going back to the pharaohs. Emotionally negative, they are unhappy and they kill each other. They are they are slavers. They're adept at religious rituals and human sacrifices. Slaves of the lower dimension. Conspiracies claim they control NATO, the financial markets, the media. They strategically positioned themselves in power with royal families. Would possess the RH negative blood factor. They have infiltrated us, stealing our knowledge and manipulating humanity. They stage hoaxes, wars, and false flag events, um, historical and archaeological evidence, um, elongated skulls from Paracas. Um, and that's, you, you can see these, you guys can see these on YouTube. Look up the um, elongated skulls or just the skulls of Peru. They found a bunch of these skulls. Of the Anunnaki. You know, and I've heard a lot right. of talk about that in certain corners around here. Well, this is a direct lineage of that. So it would stand Absolutely. to reason that, you know, you've seen, you know, humanoids that retain many features that are similar to us. And, and believe me, there was literally dozens of different kinds of homo sapiens not that long ago. So why would it be mm -hmm. that implausible that there wouldn't be a remaining one or two? because we're not that far off like genetically right not that far yeah. off at all but there's different features and whatnot and this is where this bloodline comes from and and it, and it lines right up with you know coming out of the dark ages going into the industrial age going into what banking going into what usury going into what you know bondage from that and then the building of civilizations as we know it because you know, if our written history is to believe, be believed at all, you know, we're only going back how many thousands of years, right? Um, right. You know, as far as we know, in the modern era, whether that's 10,000 years, 40,000 years, you're not seeing cities of the scale and scope of a Beijing, of a New York. of a, Right. But, but what you are seeing is the, is the pyramids. Um, uh, and that's uh, where these come from. Gobekli Tepe, right? And, and those those are things that we can't explain today with our modern so technology. To give context, we would not be able to lift those stumps. They're the same as the Nephilim. They're also right. described as as hybrids. And exactly. So this is so the Gray Pope is the intermediary between the Vatican and the Catholic authorities and the Homo Capensis. They're the ones that coordinate. Pepe Orsini would be the king of the Holy Roman Papal lineage which is above the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Pyramid of Power, but next to Breakspear, Aldo Brandini, and other papal lines. The reason why this makes sense is it's based on everything regarding the world power mafia and the evidence of non-human beings in our history. It's all around us, right? That's why I've never really jived with this idea that it came from somewhere else. The call is coming from within the house. 
and well, it's here. But both, but both things are true, right? In what way? They're like in the regard that we are a hybrid, right? So that lineage exists here among us, but the the forefathers, the whole, the full breed is still out there somewhere. Or whether that just the direct, we're the direct uh, descendant. Well, that's what I mean. But we descended from somebody. So whether they're on, you know, Nibiru, whether they're on, uh, you know, I don't know the, that they're uh, necessarily still here or anywhere. You know, if you were to tie it by into the idea of evolution. Well, but if we're a hybrid, then we're a crossbreed, right? So sure. something. But, but but we believe that a lot of those other races died out, you know. But, you know, again, it's plausible. You're right that there could be some other variations that are still here because, you know, listen, I mean, we don't even have to go into how much of the ocean's been unexplored, how much of why is it that we can't go to the poles or Antarctica? And, yeah, and what is what is not to be seen there, and why is it that there's an international agreement? We all agree upon that. We don't agree on anything but that. Yeah, I've always had this gut knowing that we used to be on Mars, um, and now more and more information's coming out. They ju they just found lichen, a lichen on Mars. They found frozen water. Um, so basically all Mars is missing is an atmosphere and it would be able to support life. So my theory is that we were there, destroyed that planet somehow and came here. So I think that if you were just to do Occam's razor, the simplest point, and let's just accept the premise that as far as we know, there's homo sapiens and homo capensis. Okay. Let's just, just for the sake of this point. Well, if you go back 50 years, go back 100 years, go back 200 years, what has posed any threat to that power structure? Nothing. Right. No. It's only because of now, because of the emergence of um, other nation states, uh, the, the acceleration of technology, which that technology and, we and weaponry. Right. Right. And so because that's being threatened, now you're seeing people's hands being played because there was no leverage before but now you know a nation like china has very real leverage even with their own yeah. problems and blind spots and whatnot i mean they're they're more than just a power player right mm -hmm. and and so they could be a game changer for sure Right. So it is a kind of a tale of biblical proportions, right? Because it's an existential thing. It comes down to maybe an unwinnable war. Now, what do you think about this, right? So the great Sphinx is looking out at the, the sky, apparently was built around the time of when the constellation of Leo, when it would have been looking at the constellation of Leo, which is approximately 12,500 years ago. Um, so do you think that it was put there to warn us about what's going to happen when Leo comes back? 
I think it would more than likely be an acknowledgement of whatever their particular faith and vision was of the world. Um, but as far as a warning to the future, you know, you can only draw from this vantage point, you know, and it would be hard for us to see, you know, we've done time capsules and things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't see us really placing that much concern in, you know, who's going to be here in 300 years, but that's flawed thinking, you know, really can't transfer that onto there. Um, I guess you're left so to you're- be speculative. Because I, I don't so, know what what would be the advantage of warning us. What would what would they what would that what would be right. the, so, so you think it's more like marking a birthday on a calendar or something like this momentous occasion happened at this time. I think it would be deeply meaningful to whoever was alive at that time because we tend to be yeah that kind of creature, you know. Even if right. it is a different substrate of whoever we are now, it's kind of like that hunter-gatherer. But obviously, we're dealing with a whole different set of principles there that, you know, for the most part, still baffle us, you know? You know, it, yeah, as much as, you know, but stick around, more will be revealed, you know? And I'm constantly reminded of that. You know, I remember, uh, you know, really getting into mythology quite a bit, and you know, I, when I was 12, I had been to, uh, uh, Belize. And so I went to Belize and Guatemala and through the Yucatan Peninsula and, and I've been back since, but that was my first exposure to the temples, you know, the ruins. Mm-hmm. And so it really sparked my imagination and got me studying that for a long time. And it's impressive what we don't know. Right. And so we have all these speculations on what we thought that civilization was. And, and then we become kind of, um, cocksure in our understanding or in our scientific reasoning, you know, say December 15th, 2019, uh, because of LIDAR technology, we discovered, oh, here's 10,000 acres of farmland we didn't know existed in the Mayan, you know, areas of Yucatan. Oh, here's 17 different temples we didn't know. In fact, they were walking over them for decades because the jungle had just grown and reclaimed them, right? Yeah, but I think that it's becoming evident to me that little by little, we're piecing together the pieces of the story to be able to draw a different understanding of our history. Uh, you know, yeah. for for what the longest time, for thousands of years, we thought the Chauvet cave drawings in France were the oldest stories until we have flooding in the Indonesian regions and they're able to go into these caves at a, such a, a level that they're able to see, you know, these hieroglyphic um, renderings that are the oldest story by 21,000 years, right? So on, yeah. on December 14th, 2019, we think we have a full accurate appraisal of the way things were. And then 24 hours later, we're like, oh, well, no, you can, you can add all of this to that, right? So I'm really yeah. cautious about saying, well, this is the way it is. But it does get to a point where it's like, how much more can you prospect? How much more can you suss out? And and it's obvious that that seems to be the the narrative that we tell ourselves as this species is that we're driven by money and exploitation of that at all costs, right? I mean, that's been part and parcel of what we've done. That's what we do, you know? And so just keep following it back. And at some point, the buck's got to stop somewhere.
Right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. And remember, if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, please spread it around with friends and on social media. Reviews on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts are greatly appreciated. All right, until next time.